You're listening to the Call Kent podcast, where Kent C. Dodds answers questions and gives insights to software engineers like you. Now, let's hear the call. Hi, Kent. My name is Zach. Um, this is in regards to your response to our Discord chat about uh, about catch boundaries and specifically catch boundaries around empty data sets. Um, it's kind of an interesting question because most catch boundaries seem to be built uh, around 404s. And if you kind of like comb the internet, uh, there's a lot of different opinions about what kind of HTTP status code to throw around empty data sets. Some people say 204, some people say 200, um, and some people say 404. And uh, it, you know, it, it, it hasn't, hasn't been settled yet, obviously. Um, I think there's some patterns in Remix that might perhaps lend to sort of maybe the 404 pattern and using a catch boundary to sort of handle empty data sets. Um, but yeah, in the jokes tutorial, uh, you end up using it in that way. And uh, I feel like that's a good idea. And I think uh, kind of going on with that discussion, do you have a nuanced opinion about using that 404 for an empty data set? Or did you just kind of use it to kind of show us how to use the catch boundaries in general? Uh, thanks again. I, I hope that was uh, not too messy. And uh, I appreciate your answer. Thanks. And that was the call. Here's what Kent had to say. Hey there, Zach. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, this is a yeah, really interesting one. First, I'm going to start by saying it probably doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, you're probably fine doing a 200 with an empty data set or a 404 with an empty data set. It, it really doesn't make too much of a difference. And in the context of Remix, um, you can absolutely use a catch boundary for and, and have a 200. You can have a uh, use the default export and have a 404. Uh, returned in your loader and uh, in your um, like uh, I, I think I think all of that like first of all like of course it's doable but uh, also I think um, there are arguments to be made for all of them so as far as the way that I feel about it um, and also Sergio in that conversation mentioned that uh, using 404s for routes that aren't found um, is unfortunate and uh, maybe could use something else. And when he said that, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thought. I may wonder if maybe a 405 would be appropriate uh, because that's where method not allowed. And so you could say, well, get isn't allowed because we don't have this route. But um, that also, uh, I looked it up in 405s, you should actually also send back um, an allow header that says what which um, methods are allowed. And so, yeah, 405 wouldn't be the one um, so yeah, 404s are for um, URLs that will never return um, anything uh, or, or will not return anything um, if repeated um, for like as far as the route is concerned, um, at least in the current state of the world. Um, so yeah, because of course like a redeploy could, you know, add a route there or whatever. Um, so yeah, as far as like, if you've got a user endpoint uh, as that Stack Overflow post example demonstrates. And, and for people listening, I will post a couple of links in the description if you want to look into this a little deeper. Um, but uh, yeah, so as far as 
um, that Stack Overflow example, um, where we're looking for a specific user, whether or not it should return a 404 or a 200 with an empty um, body or whatever. Um, in that situation, for me, that's like 100% 404. Like, I, it's not even a question for me. Uh, that makes total sense. That would be a 404. This resource is not found. But it was an interesting idea to say, well, what if we had a user's endpoint and we had a query param with a user ID of nine or whatever? Um, and so now instead of being a page for a user, we're actually filtering the users down to what should be just a single one. And if that returns an empty data set. Um, for me, that actually makes sense to be a 200, I think, um, because what, what you're saying is I found the results that you were looking for. Uh, look inside to see what's there. And it turns out there's nothing in there. And I think that's totally acceptable. Like you're, you are still returning an array. And uh, as far as like a JSON API is concerned, I could take that array, I can iterate over it, all of that stuff. The fact that it's empty uh, doesn't change my code flow um, unless I want to have some special uh, case for uh, when that array is empty, which often we do. But um, my code flow uh, will work whether it's empty or not. Um, yeah, like I can iterate over the array and all that. Um, so it makes sense that so, uh, an API like that would return an array and it's okay to me um, to say, hey, 200, I found your results. Turns out that they're empty, uh, that there are no uh, results in this array. Um, I think that's sensible. Um, so yeah, I, as far as the jokes example, how I uh, on the random joke, if there is if there are no jokes, then I do a 404. That one, uh, yeah, that that probably shouldn't be a 404. That that should probably be a 200, uh, because when you land on that page, you're not explicitly looking for a random joke. You're just like, hey, let me see the jokes app, and yeah. Hooray, you made it to the jokes app. And oh, here's where I display a random joke, but we actually don't have any yet. Um, I think that's that's like uh, to use a TC39 word orthogonal uh, to the uh, user's intent. They just landed on the jokes app to get to the app and they got there, so they get a 200. So yeah, that, that um, probably, that there's a good argument to be made for uh, I made a mistake and that should be a 200. Um, as far as getting like a, like if we had, a page that said, here's the list of all of your jokes. Um, you know, you logged in user, here are your jokes. That I think uh, would be a 200, even if you don't have any jokes uh, jokes as well, because it's a array of, of the um, jokes. But if you go to a specific joke page that for a joke that doesn't exist, that one makes sense to me to be a 404. So, uh, I'm glad that I started all this by saying it really doesn't make a, oh, oh, and actually, you know what, one other thing, whether you should implement this as a catch boundary um, or uh, just like your default export. So for the, um, the, the catch boundary and the error boundary are supposed to be used to handle exceptional cases. Um, so the situations where you have, um, uh, like, well, yeah, catch boundaries are for expected errors. Uh, 400, uh, in fact, when we were, sorry, it's a little windy here. Um, when we were originally designing catch boundaries versus error boundaries, we um, almost called catch boundaries client error boundaries. And then uh, I can't remember if we were going to change error boundaries to server error boundaries. But um, if you look at the, 
the specification, um, the 400 error space is, they're called client error responses. The 500 error space is server error responses. So um, those that was really, and then the uh, 300 error, um, uh, status code, um, those are all for redirects. And so you don't need an export for that because you're going somewhere else anyway. And then the 200, uh, that's your default export. That was kind of the idea behind all of that. And so, um, uh, just in general practice, like the intent was not, or was that you would not actually um, use a catch boundary for anything other than a 400 level error, and you would not use the error boundary for anything other than a 500 level error. That, that was kind of the intent and the idea. Um, in the future, I think we're actually planning on combining uh, catch and error boundaries into just um, an error boundary, like a single error boundary that handles both. Uh, because I'm not sure there's a whole lot of value in having those separate. I'm so sorry about this wind. Um, so that's uh, those are just a couple of thoughts there. I, and I I think that um, I would like to go to continue with that thought, um, with that idea that this is intended um, for 400 level errors. Uh, and um, I, I suppose it's another thing to talk about um, the response you sent from your loader. You you can throw a response um, and that will always go to your catch boundary. A thrown response will always go to your catch boundary whether or not the status code is a 400 uh, level status code. So um, you, uh, yeah, like just, I guess keep that in mind um, that uh, uh, you, you could absolutely have a 200 go to your catch boundary um, and say, hey, this data set is empty, so let's throw this um, this response and have my catch boundary handle the empty data set case. Um, and there's there really is nothing um, fundamentally wrong with that. But I think in in practice, I would only throw responses that are 400 level errors, and I would return responses that are 200 level. And then you never uh, have code that is intended to go to the error boundary anyway. Um, that That's always, whoops, we made a mistake. We didn't anticipate this. So, um, yeah, anyway, I hope that's helpful. Thank you for uh, the call and for this interesting discussion topic. And I look forward to hearing um, more from you in the future. Take care. This has been the Call Kent Podcast. Learn more about Kent at kentcdods.com and get your own questions answered at kentcdods.com slash calls.